and we are live, y'all. Y'all ready for today's episode? Yes, yes. Are we ready? Are we ready? Ready? Are we truly ready now? (laughs) What's up, everybody? This is your man Cat. And this is Quessy, and this is the Cat and Quessy show where we offer self-care, fitness, and finance advice, especially for people of color. This is brought to you by Heal the Hood, where we go into our inner city communities and educate, motivate, and inspire those to live a healthier lifestyle just one day at a time, y'all. Amen, amen. This series is also brought to you by Alignment Agency, where wealth and wellness unite. And today's topic is, drumroll please, drumroll everybody. Today's topic is... The psychology of pornography. We're gonna go there tonight, Joe. We've already lost somebody. I guess so. Oh, I guess so. Oh, right. Before we do, <laughs> she might be. She'll be proud of you, though. She'll be proud of you in this conversation. I promise. But of course, before we get started, as y'all can see, if you've seen any of our episodes, as a matter of fact, we have six that came on before this, because we are on episode number seven, the number of completion. Lucky. But <laughs> lucky, as you can see, we have two very, very prestigious guests that have joined <laughs> us today. One of them whom you recognize, so I'll introduce her first. This is Mrs. Ruby Envy, AKA Kenya Aisa. I pray I'm saying, is it Aisa? You know, I'm I'm good, however you say it. It's, it's Asa. Asa, whatever you can I love it. Quest. I love it. So Kenya Asa is a self-care strategist and the owner of Ruby Envy Wellness, a holistic wellness brand that integrates self-care with community wellness and enrichment mm-hmm. via corporate diversity and inclusion trainings and individualized self-care strategies. Wow, that's a hell of a first mm-hmm. sentence. Kenya is a yoga <laughs> and <laughs> Kenya is a yoga teacher and the author of Sacred Girl Spiritual Life Skills for Conscious Young Women and the co-creator of a Sacred Sexuality Workshop for Girls. Goodness gracious. So she does a lot. (laughs) She does a busy woman. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially for this conversation. I'm extremely grateful. But we have another guest of honor. This is somebody who's completely new to the Cat and Quincy platform, <laughs> brand new, but we are so excited for her being here. She's gonna add so much value to the conversation. And this is Dr. Ooh. Sarah B, who is a master teacher, connector, and space holder <laughs> who facilitates safe spaces for people to express and engage their emotions Ooh. with curiosity and playfulness mm-hmm. to create possibilities. Wow. As a global presenter, Dr. Sarah B has shared her signature process, Vent, Celebrate, innovate, empowering mm-hmm. many to shift their frustrations into healthy solutions. So, mm-hmm. a round of applause for Dr. Sarah B. A round of applause for Kenya Asa. And that being said, let's go ahead and hop into this conversation. So, before Are we get our viewers started, ready for this conversation, though, this is this is going to get deep. We we out. No pun intended. A lot of my my normal conversation <laughs> is gonna oh, sound like man. Oh man. So what I'd like to do is just start us off with a really, really quick Heidi. Thank you for joining us. Just a really quick video. This is actually 
from a gentleman named Pastor Michael Todd. And he is the pastor of Transformation Church. Him and his wife, Pastor Natalie, are the pastors of Transformation Church in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And he actually did a sermon on pornography in the church. Ooh. In the church. So yeah. that is. I wonder how many people walked out of that sermon. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, it was during COVID, so I mean, right. they probably walked yeah. away from their computer. <laughs> but right, the people right. that were meant to stay tuned in. So this is just a quick yeah. clip, but it's part of what inspired this conversation today. And I'd like to share it with y'all. Does that sound good? Yes, yes, yes. 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 So, yeah. All right. I'm going to go ahead and get this going. And everybody get your notebooks out because your mind is about to be blown. Uh oh. You can't say stuff right. like that during this episode, Quizzy. Okay. All right. All right. I'm, I'm going to keep it PG. <laughs> mm -hmm. my, all right. So, can everybody see this? Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. All right. Let's get it going. In Jesus' name, amen. Somebody say amen. So, let me give you some truth. Because a lot of people are like, that's not my issue. I, I clicked on the wrong live stream today. I promise you pornography is either affecting you and you don't know it, or it's affecting the people you love and you don't know it. What percentage of Christians, men and women, do you think view porn monthly? This statistic tripped me out. These aren't just unbelievers. These aren't people who are just in the world because you know they don't even care. Like people that are in the world, they just, you know, that's just some breasts. That's people having sex. This is, it ain't a real movie unless they got a sex scene and it's explicit and all this other stuff. Like, so they don't even care. I'm talking about Christians, people that show up and give and serve. How many people do you think, according to a study that was done a year ago, 64% of all Christians, and 50 Christian women admit to viewing porn every month. Let's go even deeper. Men are generally more vulnerable um, in this area, but the sad truth is every day it's increasingly um, being more prevalent and vulnerable for women. And they usually get into it for a different reason. Usually it starts with comparison, insecurity, and curiosity. They're going to try to find out how I can do something better to please my man or how I can learn to do something. It starts off a lot of times educational and they don't understand, but that quickly they can get trapped into that same um, 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 entanglement with this idea of pornography. <laughs> Nearly 40 million Americans view porn monthly, 40 million. If you're the age, between the age of 18 and 30, raise your hand in your homes on 18 to 30, okay? People in the room, 18 to 30. The statistic goes up. 79% of men between the age of 18 to 30 watch porn every month. Out of every 10 men, seven of them are watching porn consistently. Now, you're going to tell me that the way you treat people is not affected by what you're viewing? You're going to tell me that the way you look at people and the way that you process what they're doing is not affecting or is not affected by this? Check this one. This one tripped me out. The Barna Group researched and said that 56% of young people believe that not recycling is immoral. So if you don't recycle, your morals are jacked up. But out of that same group of people, only 32% believe pornography is immoral. 
So it's more morally right for you to put a plastic bottle in a can and put it on the corner than to view two people having all types of sexual um, encounters. That's, that's the world we live in, okay? Where did porn come from? It can be traced back. And I'm doing this for all the science nerds, for people like, well, tell me where, where porn came from. Porn came can be traced back to uh, AD 79 when, in the ruins of Pompeii. And what they found was the first erotic um, paintings and depictions of various sexual acts to cause sexual arousal. It proves that porn was around even in biblical times. Well, what does the Bible say about porn? The word pornography as constructed in the English language is not in the Bible, but the two root words are pornea and graphy. The Greek word pornea, however, appears so many times in the New Testament. And I want you to write down this word because it's where we get the word prostitute. It's where we get the word pornographic or pornography from. Pornea means prostitution, whoredom, fornication, adultery, or sexual immorality. It's like a catch-all word when it's used in the Bible for anything that is perverse or wicked. And the word wicked, all it means is things that are turned. Like it's something, you ever seen Wiccan furniture? It's a bunch of ties and twists. That's the enemy's whole idea, to take something that was straight and to twist it, to take something that was uh, uh, the right way and to make it something. That's what perversion looks like. And, and, and that's what the enemy came to do in the garden when he said, he, is that what God said? Oh, he was trying. We will come back to that. We will come back to that video, but I would love to get some feedback. Please let me know. What did you see there that stood out to you? It's been around for a long time and it's not going anywhere. <laughs> There's that. And yes. So I make, if I may comment, so he is right about what the word stands for. Um, basically, uh, prostitution and then graphia, meaning uh, like images, right? Um, images, paint, paintings, drawings, uh, video, what, as we have now. Um, one of my issues with when people kind of bring in the Bible when it comes to things that they find immoral or wrong in some sort of way is that um, I have a lot of issues with the Bible. That's just me personally um, because of the 8 million times it's been translated to finally get to English that we understand. Um, it's, it's kind of like the, the Quran where people are like, Oh, well, uh, you'll, if you do this, that, and the other, you'll get whatever it is, a, a hundred virgins or whatever the number is, 400 virgins, when the mm -hmm. real translation is something like 400 raisins. Okay. So mm -hmm. you, we don't know <laughs> what the original writing um, said about certain things. And so um, when we're going to use certain things to judge people's behavior or judge uh, a thing, use something, have, have something to shore up your argument other than maybe the Bible, because not everybody reads the Bible, not everybody believes in God. You have to have something other than, well, this is what's in the Bible in order to make your argument. Mm. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And that, just so everybody knows, that's not my argument. <laughs> oh, no, I, I know. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just saying, because there is yeah, truth to what he said. 
Um, but you're gonna if, if you're gonna say something important, right? I feel like if you're gonna speak and it's gonna be on video and people are gonna watch it, what else can you use if you believe in this argument? What else can you use besides this is what uh, this was fornication and blah 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 in the Bible? There are many many other arguments against the use of uh, against the use of pornography that that are extreme that are valid i think to pretty much everyone <laughs> so we can we can talk about all of them you know amen amen what about you dr sarah Woo! well 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 um mm. what you know what struck me in all of that and and similar to kenya my perspective it's kind of vast, right? I, I do hear Kenya when she says about the importance of bringing in more information, more data, right? And 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 to to, to make a point, just kind of substantiate it with this other things, right? Because because that's one item, and we do know that it has various interpretations. I mean, that's we we do know that, right? So when we're looking for the concept of the truth, it's looking at you know ways to support that besides just one mechanism. Um, I guess what just struck me was toward the end, right? Um, the word wicked um, and his analogy of that being something that's twisted, right? And, and I think that to me <laughs> is, is a play on words, right? Because to, to what degree are we really twisting things around when we're talking about sexuality and porn, right? And so I, you know, respect his and you know the religious interpretation of, you know, this expression being wicked, twisted is the way that you know we are looking at something in a certain way, and that can be, in my opinion, that can be taken a different way, like like that in the way in which he says it, in the way in which that is said, it it can also be deemed as twisted, right? Um, and so when we get more into it, I'll probably explain a little more about what, what I mean by that, because we, I think we probably do need, need to bring some clarity around what is porn, right? We saw the video, we have our understanding of it, but I think for the sake of the conversation, it's clarifying some definition of what porn is or how we are defining it for this conversation mm -hmm. and what are the other layers that are associated with the concept of porn, right? Yes. So that's just my mm -hmm. thoughts. Oh. Yes, that's man, and that's amazing. Like I, I love the the authenticity that's coming to light in this conversation. And what I want everybody to grasp is, it's not just about religion necessarily, mm -hmm. right? It's at the end of the day, it's it's a perspective, right? And right. it's a perspective from mm -hmm. a pastor who himself has struggled with pornography, right? And mm -hmm. it did, so as a human being, like remove the title of pastor. Remove the Bible mm -hmm. to somebody who's telling a story of his own overcoming, right? His own addiction, mm -hmm. right? And part of, throughout this podcast, I plan to share what really led to me wanting to engage in this conversation. Uh, but I'd also love to hear from the viewers, right? We have at least 10 or 15 people on right now who are watching and tuned in. We'd love to hear from you. Like, what is your perspective on pornography? <laughs> How would you define it, right? But before we move on, or as we move on, I have a question, especially for our panelists, right? And my question is, how would you define pornography? So let's start with, uh, with Ruby Envy. <laughs> so 
yeah, I mean, it's for for me, it's just kind of basic. It's you know, sexual sexual images, right? Sexual se sexual Im imagery for the use of um, for the purpose of arousal. That's that's the the way I would probably think of it. Um, and I do want to say, kind of on the outset, that I am not somebody who is specifically against pornography. Um, um, I am not definitely not uh, anti-sex worker or sex work. I'm just gonna throw that out there. Um, what I am against is exploitation. Um, I'm, a, I'm against humiliation um, and things like that. <clears throat> but, um, and, 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 and pornography is full of <laughs> exploitation. <laughs> full of exploitation. You have a lot of people, a lot of young, people that are too young. I mean, a lot of us know all, all, all that about pornography in the porn mm -hmm. industry. Um, historically, um, mm -hmm. people have been used and abused and misused mm -hmm. and put on drugs and controlled and, and things like that. <clears throat> and so, so uh, I'm not against a, a woman being a sex worker for her own reasons. Uh, but I do believe that the biggest problem, one of the biggest problems that we have in porn is uh, the violence, the humiliation, the um, the fact that it sets up unrealistic expectations, especially for young people, sets up unrealistic expectations um, regarding performance for maybe young men and regarding response for women. So you see these images, you see these videos, and young people, because I'm somebody who works with young people, young people are my life, right? Mm -hmm. Young people see these things and young men believe this is how I'm supposed to perform and this is how this woman is, is supposed to respond. And so if I'm choking her and slapping her, how come she's not happy? I tried this with my girlfriend and she got mad, you know, because it's not real. <laughs> so, um, you know, these are these are actors. And so it yeah. sets up um, this thing where you think, especially and young people have phones and now there's access to everything. Now you can pick up your phone and get porn immediately. <clears throat> that is relatively new over the past couple of decades. And so <clears throat> and so we have to understand that there is this. uh level of expectations that's not realistic, level of performance and response that's not realistic, um, that damages, that can easily damage your psyche, especially if you're young, and um, and mess with your ability to have relationships, mess with your, I mean, if you're, if you become addicted, right, I'm sure we'll get yeah. deeper into the, the idea of porn addiction. Um, it's a it's a behavioral addiction, it, it just like gambling or or, so, or overeating or something. So yeah, all does, of those things can mess with yeah, all of those things can mess body. with your it life. Absolutely. It to be yeah. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And just to clarify, so thank you for that, Kenya. That was amazing. And before we move to Dr. Sarah, I want to ask you the same question. But I will say for everybody that's watching, this is an objective conversation. Right. It's just mm -hmm. four human mm -hmm. beings sharing our perspectives and our opinions. And at the mm -hmm. end of the day, this is about it's about awareness. Right. Mm -hmm. It's about creating awareness and healing, because I, like I said, I'm going to share a little bit of my story throughout this conversation. But I really mm -hmm. uh, I want to take advantage of our guests that are here. So same question to you, Dr. Sarah, how would you define pornography? Um, 
Yeah, I, I see it as an export, like uh, exploitation of sex and used for entertainment. Um, the pictures, the videos, um, something that I kind of align it with how, you know, anything that is media related from magazines to movies, you know that there's an element of, you know, um, the, the, the this, power. This skills, right. So it's in everything and all that. Right, 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 like, right. I think offline, me and Quezzy were talking about mm-hmm. how, you know, it can be a simple uh, fast food advertisement, but the girl has to be in a bikini holding a sandwich or a burger. And you're like, what, what does that even have to do with the product? You know what I'm saying? Right, like, right, right. So that's hypersexuality to, in our community. Right, right. Exactly. Exactly. So I just see porn under, it's just kind of like the name that we give to all of that because we can look at media and we sometimes say things like, you know, we want media to show X, Y, and Z because of the influence that it has on people. Like we want, you know, the best black representation in media. We want, you know, we want the message to be close to the reality, right? So the issue that we have with porn is that it's not giving us, you know, that message when it comes to sexuality, right? It kind of distorts. So this is kind of like why I want to piggyback on the pastor's word of wicked, right? So yeah, I'm in alignment with the idea that there is a little distortion, if you will, as it relates to sexuality and how porn, you know, replicates that. And so the the, the tricky thing though, is that because it's not giving the true message, if you will, of what sexuality is, we are having all of these issues, right? Um, and so now we look at sexuality as something that is not good or the way that we relate to each other as a, you know, sexually is kind of distorted because what we, our conversations are not open about it. So where do we really get the truth? Because we're not really having open conversations. So we go to what? We go to the media, we go to the movies, we go to the magazines. And now that's really for entertainment. And it's not really providing us with the, with the truth of, of what <laughs> what I deem to be the beauty. So, we saying, so what I'm hearing from everybody, mm-hmm. I, I hate to cut, cut you off. No, I, it's fine. another form of program. Just from yes. what Kenya said, it's like, oh, I have to do what these people are doing in these videos or magazines or whatever case may be, because this is exactly. what men want. You know what I'm saying? Because that's mm-hmm. what the imaging that's mm-hmm. like, oh, this is what the the guys want. And vice versa, guys look at it as like, oh, this is what a woman wants. She wants to be pleased like this. You right. Know? Well, and I think we we need to take a look at how pervasive this issue has been for so many decades. Because when Deep Throat, for example, came out Uh-oh. back in, mm-hmm. I guess it was the 70s or something like Uh-oh. that. And, um, and everybody went to the opening of Deep Throat. Johnny Carson went to the opening of Deep Throat. It wasn't a thing a at that event. time. Right. It wasn't a thing where people were like, in the closet about it. It was mm-hmm. huge. There was mm-hmm. a big movie opening, right? Mm-hmm. Same mm-hmm. for uh, Behind the Green Door and Caligula mm-hmm. and all mm-hmm. of those early um, porns where they were, people were expected, it was cool, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, but then when you look at the behind the scenes of like things that happened to Linda Lovelace and mm-hmm. um, and 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 the abuse and even in the film, she's covered in bruises and things like that, mm-hmm. where those things were um, not talked about back right. then, you right. know? And, and it didn't come out until years later. And so now, of course, we know more about the porn industry, or at least I know a lot about the porn industry. Um, where- <laughs> 
where, you know, a lot of the, um, the, the actors are only getting a couple of hundred dollars. And then you've got the company getting thousands and thousousands, millions and millions. It's a, it's a multi-billion dollar industry. Yeah. Um, yeah, and these and these actors um, are not getting, a, you know, they're getting a tiny little slice of that, right, right. Um, and and so so th there's that exploitation, but then there's the 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 mind mess, you know, of what that does to the people who are watching it, normalizing things like um, you know violence towards women, um, mm -hmm. and and normalizing things like the the crazy performance of men that doesn't exist in the real world. I mean, if it does more power to you, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to shame anybody <laughs> that can hold it down like that. But I'm just saying the, the reality is, is that um, those image, that imagery gets in the way of, um, of, of what's actually happening in relationships, in real relationships where there's actual intimacy, where there's actual touching of each other, where you don't actually see that in, porn because hands aren't really allowed you're supposed to not have your hands in the in the picture so that all of the cameras can get where they're supposed to get so it's mm -hmm. it's just a reflection that isn't based in any kind of reality but yet people think yeah. that it is especially young people you know yeah. and that's yeah. that's where yeah. the 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 programming starts yeah that, just, yeah i just want to share something with y'all real quick so yeah I can, I can think back of how it was. I had to be like four or five years old, right? Mm. And uh, you know, it wasn't as much access to these kind of things when I was growing up, right? You couldn't just go on the computer and type in, you know, sex or whatever to pull up a porn site, right? It, it was magazines and people would have videos or whatever the mm -hmm. case may be. But I remember my first introduction, right? It was a liquor store right around the corner from my house, right? And being a four or five year old kid going with a couple of my friends that were maybe a couple years older than me to go get some candy at the store, we had to walk past the aisle, right? Where they had all the magazines. And I remember one of the kids picking up <laughs> one of the magazines and one of the girls being topless, right? And I didn't know what I was looking at being a, a four or five year old kid, but it piqued my curiosity, right? You're a kid, you're like, oh, what's that, right? So moving forward, you know, going to friends' houses as we grow up and people finding their parents' stash of videos or magazines or whatever the case may be, you start seeing these images and then, you know, seeing movies and, having uh, access on cable now, right? When cable TV started giving you access to these kind of things, if, if you had certain channels or whatever the case may be, right? Like, it seems like it's grown to like, everything is sex now. Like in the, in the, in the industry with music and everything, every woman rapper, like, I train <laughs> eight to 10 hours a day, right? And listening to what these women are saying, you know, over and over again, right? How does that play into a young girl's head? You know, what she's doing to the man, what she wants from a man, it's, it's, it's porn. Literally what they're talking about is, is porn scenes, you know what I'm saying? And I just think about it because 
you know, I have four sons myself and I know what it did for me, piquing my curiosity as a little kid um, and probably doing things at an age that I shouldn't. You know, now that I reflect back, <laughs> thinking about, dang, I was that old when I lost my virginity. Like, would I have done that if I had to go back and do it again? Maybe not. Right. I might have waited longer. I might have waited uh, to have somebody that, you know, I really was going to, you know, share a longer relationship with versus just going out and seeing, you know, my curiosity was peaked. Like, what is it like? Like, mm. it's like the most amazing thing in the world. Right. Mm-hmm. So how does that affect us from such a young age? I don't know how old y'all were exposed to things like that, but I know from four years old, seeing that magazine and all the things that led after that, continuing to pique my curiosity, led me led me to do things at a younger age that I probably wouldn't have done if I wasn't exposed to it. But let yeah, me ask that, you a question. I'm Uh-oh. so sorry, Quizzy. <laughs> oh, okay. When you mentioned music, yeah. you mentioned the girl rappers. Oh, yeah. yeah. So like the boy rappers, have just been as talking bad. about just as women's bad. body parts for decades, yeah. right? And so, but I do find it interesting that you mentioned the girl rappers because well, I mean that all that talking about <laughs> that stuff has been going on for a long time. It has, <laughs> just for the simple fact because a lot of my uh-huh. clients, eighty percent of my clients are women. Mm-hmm. So when we, I've been like, "What do you want to listen to?" And they say, <laughs> "Artist," right? And that artist comes right. on. And that's all they're talking about, right? Right. Yeah. Nothing nothing saying giving the guys a pass because guys think about it probably every, I think it was a study, like every six seconds, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, a sexual thought goes across a guy's mind. So not saying that we're in the Women are no different. Women are no different. Women are no different. (laughs) That's that's all just a load of bull. Women are no different. Um, Yeah. And and so when you when you Mm. when we think about things like um, the the way that you grew up and the way that the music, the magazines, the music, all of it, you know, sex in the sex sells. Right. Sex sells. It has always sold. And so what we have is this long history of a warped view of what sex is. And because people think sex, they think relationships. They think sex with um, other people, somebody they love, the opposite sex or the same sex or whatever. And so the problem then is that you have this complete lack of a true understanding of what that connection is 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 supposed to be if you're looking at healthy for you right so not everybody's the same people are different etc but we have to be able to have our own ideas of what true um, satisfaction means for us. Um, women are not often in that conversation, right? Women, you don't, you know, all the rap music and all the, all the stuff that we've endured for decades and decades, it's talking about often women as some sort of object, um, being objectified, uh, the things that men want to do to women, and then there's no conversation in any of that about what is pleasurable for the woman, 
or what the woman might might even want or how the woman might even be treated. And it's exactly the same. It's exactly the same when you come into pornography. Yeah. Let's talk about this real quick. Like this is so Dr. Sarah, we got you next. I knew you ain't said anything in a minute. And I'll see. I'll see. (laughs) And hold that. I've been taking notes because this is really, really good. Right. And I love the fact that we're having a conversation about a conversation. And I'm excited mm-hmm. for us to get to that conversation, mm-hmm. right? But that being said, I, I like what you said, uh, Kenya. I want to call you Ruby Envy. <laughs> I, I love what you said, right? Because how do you separate the art from the artist, right? Like when we talk about Harvey Weinstein, or when mm-hmm. we talk about Michael Jackson, or when we mm-hmm. talk about R. Kelly, right? Or at least the ones that we've heard about. How do you separate the acts from what they created outside of those acts? So when you were mentioning pornography, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. how, you know, nothing wrong with pornography, but the exploitation mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. abuse and mm-hmm. the women being taken advantage of and the perception that it gives to men and the fact that it's so accessible to children. And it's like, how do you separate the fact that this exists from the fact that all these, ha- these things happen as a result of this existing? Right. So that's one part. And then also with Kat, I had, we, we going to get to you. We're going to get to you. I promise. <laughs> so we, we got to get the Dr. Sarah. We both have so much I, to say about it. And Heidi love, has something to say about it too. <laughs> let's freaking talk about it. Like the, and the thing is, I don't see this conversation happening. Like I do not see this conversation happening. And that's why I wanted to engage in this conversation. Not just to talk about pornography, right? It's the fact that it's happening, right? Just like he was saying in the video, seven out of 10 men admit to watching pornography. Mm-hmm. That means that most men that we know Right. And when we look at the state of our country, when we look at the state of our world and we look at how pornography portrays women and we look at how men treat women in society in and outside of pornography, how do you separate those things? Right. So I just, and I love yeah. what you were saying, Kat, because I was introduced to sex through pornography. And that yeah. was like, no, I was the weird one because I didn't watch porn because I didn't masturbate. And I was a teenager. I was the weird one in the group. And that told me, oh, well, maybe I should look into pornography, right? And like, there's something inherently wrong with that. I don't care what anybody says. That's not how somebody should be introduced to something that creates life, right? It's a perversion. It's a bastardization of something that was created, whatever you believe in, to create life. And for that to be displayed in that way and to be so accessible to children, Mm -hmm. for children to be introduced to the creation of life, to the creation of videos to make money there's something wrong with that anyway what so dr sarah i know you had a comment and then we'll go back around a comment (laughs) talk to the people i'm talking to the people i'm talking to the people so all right so okay so all right let me try my best to kind of wheel it back to several of the things i've heard but one thing i wanted to comment on um going back to you kat in regards to those books and those videos so like, well, not at four and five, but like in high school, I guess, years or whatever, I was a latchkey kid. So dad had all that stuff hitting around, you know, so I'm, yeah. you know. Little secret going magazine. Mine too, mine too. Yeah, okay. yeah. And, mm-hmm. and so, but, but the interesting thing um, for me though, was my watching it was a way for me to talk to the older girls like I'm like I'm doing something like like I know what's going on right yeah. like 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 I'm experienced when I'm you no know, wasn't and but I was talking like I was because I saw the videos and I saw one you know whatever whatever so like how do you know Sarah I'm like because I know you know all that yeah. so my thing was you know pretty much looking at all that 
as exposure to kind of act like I kind of, you know, was cool and hip and knew what's going on when I had no clue, had no clue. Mm -hmm. um, and then going back to this whole thing about media and the music and how all these things are actually speaking to people's minds. And I just want to just reiterate the idea that that's the world that we live in. So whether mm -hmm. it's sex or what, whatever it is, we know that we live in a society that we are often being persuaded towards something in some kind of way, right? Now, the thing about sex, though, is that because sexuality and sex is something that we don't have common conversation around normally, then it becomes more of an issue because this is the only information that kids, young people can go to to get any information because they're not, they can't come to the church sometimes, so they can't go to the adults or whatever. So exactly. if I need to get some information, then where am I going to go? And this is the only thing that is available, right? So I think we need to really speak on not so much um, just talking about porn and what is not and what it does. So why do you think, why do you think mm -hmm. and this is just your opinion I'm asking, mm -hmm. why do you think people don't have those conversations? Because I remember the first conversation I had with my dad. Uh, about sex. I was six. And the only reason I was sick, y'all, because I had an older brother that was uh, 14 years older than me and he just had a kid, right? So I just became, I was maybe five, five or six. I just became an uncle, right? I'm five, <laughs> six years old. I just became an uncle. My brother was like 19 or 20 years old. And he was like, oh, when you when you get older, you're going to need to wear condoms and this and that. I'm a little kid. And he just, you know, he's going off on a tangent because he's upset or disappointed in my brother. Mm -hmm. But I'm hearing all these things. I'm exposed to all these things. Mm -hmm. Right. And these are the things because my oldest son is 16 going on 17. My youngest son is seven going on eight. Right. Mm -hmm. Now, being around obviously older siblings, if anybody, any of our viewers have older siblings, you get exposed to a lot of things, right? At a very young age, you mature a lot faster. You see, hear different things. And those things did affect me, right? Growing up because I'm like, oh, well, I guess what, what you know, you talked about condoms. Okay, well, I put this on and then what, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, um, it's one of those things as a parent now, I know they're going to see it. I can't hide it from them. no way. I, I can try my hardest, but like you said, it's everywhere. It's, it's part of society. But, but, but what I can do is be present in their life and have conversations and talk, talk from my own personal experiences and what I had to go through as a young man. Right. And leave it on the table for them to make their own choice. You know what I'm saying? And I tell them, I was like, man, I lost my virginity to somebody that I looked back and I was like, okay, we're, we're what now? You know what I'm saying? Like that was the experience that I could have shared with somebody that I could have spent the rest of my life with, or, you know, just somebody that I had a deeper relationship for. Right. Yeah, but yeah. based on Not everything that was going on, it was just the thing to do. Just like you said, you wanted to be a part of that conversation. Yeah. And in male and females, we, we want to be a part of that conversation. We don't want to be left yeah. out. It's, it's peer pressure of doing certain things in life at a certain point. And whether you have the support of your family, friends that you want to wait or, you know, that's not the, the topic that, you know, um, just engulfs your life all the time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, you want to be able to have that space, especially as a male. I, yeah. I mean, that's my point of view. 
So this is amazing. And I, I want Dr. Sarah to finish, but do y'all see these comments? Like, mm -hmm. do you see the people like engaging mm -hmm. in this conversation? Mm -hmm. This is amazing because it just goes to show, even though there might be 15, 20 people watching, it just goes to show that this is a pervasive issue, right? This is not just four people having a conversation on a screen. This is an American issue, if not a world issue, right? And it's I not do just wanna point out that these are women too. <laughs> women yeah, yeah. commenting on this because women have something to say about this topic. Thank you, Heidi. Thank you, Mecca. Women have something to say about this topic. Oh, I see somebody else. And so, um, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yes, uh, you know, I, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. I interrupted Sarah. I feel <laughs> I, I'm just interrupting. I'm trying to stop. So, I'd love to hear from Dr. Sarah. I, I know you had a response to what Kat was saying, please. Yeah. So, okay. Well, okay. So I'm just going to kind of go. I might be jumping the gun, but I'm just going to go ahead and get my blurb out there about all this because the even in this conversation, I'm hearing a lot of conditionings from our own society, right? So question, who's who's to say that, you know, um, we, you know, we should, our experience should be with someone that we, you know, want to have a long relationship with? Where do we get that idea from? Why is it? so difficult or we're not having these conversations at home about sexuality, right? Why is it the pastor talking about sexuality in a certain way is wicked? I mean, we're getting all this, you know, this, all this different information about something that, like you said, um, was, was related to just something that's about creation, right? Something as beautiful and as powerful and as, as magical as sex can be, but we don't hear those conversations and we don't learn that unless we you know, decide to learn those things. So I think that when we're talking about healing and healing the hood and really trying to help us to be gain some awareness around this conversation of, of sexuality, I think we need to take some steps back and really ask the question, what is sex and what is sexuality and what is it in its purest form? Um, and then how can we then begin to feel comfortable and good about talking about sexuality in the beauty that is in like that's you know we, we are taught that sexuality is don't do it it is not good if you do it you know da 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 you know ladies are being told one thing men are being told another mm -hmm. i mean mm -hmm. and it, like so you tell two people supposed to come together you tell one not to do it but then you tell the other one to go ahead and do it like you're good for doing it but you're not good for doing it. like it's yeah. shame. It's all shame. Look at our community it's too, so especially right, you know, right, right. Uh, yeah. uh, Miss Kenya comes from a social worker's background, right? Mm -hmm. So how many young teens are getting pregnant? You know what I'm saying? Taking taking that act for granted, you know, mm -hmm. not understanding the responsibility that may come with that that changes their lives. You know, well, I'm not I saying think, it's let wicked. Me say, let me let me say that. let me say something about that because right. this is something that I want to really <laughs> like kind of highlight <clears throat> sex is not all about pregnancy <laughs> or reproduction sex can also be about pleasure and you've got millions of people out there that don't want to have children you have millions of people out there who can't have children does that mean they're not supposed to be having sex you could you know you can be a healthy person mm -hmm women, because, you know, I talk a lot about women and embracing your sexuality 
with and and, yeah. and but like what Kat was saying, you know, protecting yourself against unwanted pregnancies, protecting yourself against STDs. That's all part of the com the conversation right. that needs to happen. Right. Um, but like Sarah was saying, <clears throat> you know, we have to we have to have more open conversations about that aspect of sexuality because I think that that is often some of some of that shame is where a lot of that excessive porn watching comes from. Because right. if you're not able to have conversations with your parents or your family or your friends or your pastor healthy about healthy, right, about mm -hmm. healthy sex and healthy sexuality and healthy mm -hmm. relationships, yep. then like Sarah was saying, where else are you going to go? Pick up your phone. These kids don't know anything else these days except for picking up their phone. And then adults, males and females, because again, I don't want to put it all on males. People are always like, men this, men that, men are addicted. There are women addicted to porn. Mm -hmm. Women like porn. <laughs> you, know? Uh, so, you know, so let's just be real about it. And like um, yeah. one of the ladies, I believe it was Mecca, was saying the, the thing about, um, about sex selling. And, and I think Heidi said something about where do we, you know, similar to like, where do we draw the line between this kind of negative idea right. of sexuality right. and, and women being able to claim and reclaim themselves as sexual beings, right? You know, mm -hmm. sex is not bad. Sex nope. is not shameful where you have it bad is where you're there. You're, there's harm. There's there's exploitation. There's a lot of exploitation in pornography. There's <laughs> violence in pornography. There's 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 a lot of stuff. There's there's underage. Um, there's sex trafficking. There's all that stuff. Um, and so it's not the same as pleasure. You know, it's not the same as empowerment. If 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 you want to dance around your kitchen to wop wop wop, go ahead, dance around your kitchen. That that doesn't because that's what I do, and so uh, there's no no shame in my game, you yeah, know. Um, not at all. But you know, all. but understand that there is a responsibility to yes. owning your sexuality. There, there is a responsibility go. to embracing yourself as a sexual being, and part of that responsibility is doing no harm to yourself okay. or to when others. Are you old enough right. to and, realize? Oh wait, what's it? Oh, we it. It's a good conversation. Come on, doggone it, No, that, that's amazing. Let's let's reel it back in really quick because now we're talking about sex and women's liberation and not getting pregnant, right? And I do. I I definitely want to focus on like the porn aspect, right? Oh the porn. Because I love the conversation we're getting into. Is like sex is okay. Sex is good. Sex is pure. Is pornography pure? Right. Can we say that this use of sex, this exploitation, because when you think about it, when you really take a step back, sex is either used through pornography to make money or to inspire lust and lust being one of the seven deadly sins. Right. Like, let's let's just have a, a real conversation about this. And I'm I'm not shaming anybody. Right. I know that there are women who are forced into positions where using their bodies for money is the only way that they know how to make money. Right. For whatever reason, if they were touched as kids or if this all that was around them. Right. We're aware of that. But does sex through pornography help that or hurt that? Right. Does it diminish it's a it? Business. Does it it's a business. It? It's a business. And people get exploited in that business. Right. So here's a question I want to ask, because I know there are married couples. Right. And that 
there's a clip that I'm going to show at the very end of the conversation that answers what you were asking, Ruby, right? In terms, and Kat, you referenced this as well, responsibility, but also this idea of not harming people. This is what I brainwashed myself into thinking, right? When I was watching porn, when I had a, a full steam porn addiction, right? Mm -hmm. I was telling myself, oh, I'm not hurting anybody. It's no big deal, right? And I love the comment that, it, Kat, if you could bring up Bria's comment really quick, where she says the area of soul ties, if you could bring you up Bria's it. comment. Um, it, yeah, Bria, she says the area of soul ties, expectations, and unrealistic ideas are also a major issue. And the reason that I'm bringing this up is because when we talk about, when we delve into this idea of responsibility, right? How is it responsible of us as adults to live in a society where our children can access pornography right. on their cell phones? What is responsible about that? And I wanna have an honest conversation <laughs> about the society that we live in, right? Because we're, it's like black men having to talk to our kids about not getting murdered by the police during a routine traffic stop. Right. There's nothing normal about that. And it's hard for me to normalize that, but it doesn't take away from the fact we do need to have these conversations. I just want to make sure that they're honest. So that brings me to my question really quick. Uh -huh. Are there situations where porn is OK? I think it goes back to what you said about responsibility. Right. I think that I, I, again, I'm just having a hard time and why there are many things in our society that is an excess, right? That, that is too much of, or it's exploited, or it's not used, right? Or it's, it's abused, right? And so right. this porn is this one category where that's happening around sex, right? So if I decide to watch porn, right? If I have the, the wisdom, the knowledge, the truth, then I can make a decision. That's just like, if I know I'm supposed to eat healthy, but I'm going to decide to have like a cheesecake, even though the cheesecake is cause, you know, high blood pressure, whatever, 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 right? But I'm going to be responsible to eat the cheesecake because I'm, I'm just aware, but I'm going to eat the cheesecake, right? And I'm going to enjoy the cheesecake without any shame around eating the cheesecake. So I'm thinking that only thing that, that I, I'm wanting to kind of hopefully help people to see is like, what in what ways can we help our community to learn the truth about sexuality so that we can make responsible decisions and choices as it relates to porn and have open conversations so that we can heal their addictions, the fear. Like I can only imagine what your dad cat was feeling like when he was talking to you. But he don't he doesn't even know the possible trauma that he could have caused you in that moment, but he was just reacting to his situation in that moment, right? Yeah. So I, I think that as a community, we just need to engage in having, you know, programs and workshops and conversations like this where we can begin to um, to to know the truth. So to answer your question, I don't think that watching porn is a bad thing. It does require some wisdom and responsibility and knowledge so that you can handle it. That's my thought. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's beautiful. What about you, Kenya? Talk to me. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm with I'm with Sarah on that, on definitely on that. I where where I have a problem with porn is um, when it's not consensual where it's not where it's people being used and mm -hmm. and and trafficked that's that's my problem my problem isn't filming sex <laughs> um my my problem is uh yes 
Thank you, Kenda. Yeah, the control, the control aspect of it, mm -hmm. the exploitation, the humiliation. Um, and when the porn has existed for a very long time, now we have cameras with video that take phones that take video. And so one thing that you do have a lot of is um, kids having sex or, or teenagers having sex and um, boys filming the girls or girls allowing themselves to be filmed because they want to be loved, because they want to be accepted by this boy. Mm -hmm. They want this boy to be their boyfriend or not leave them or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then it'll go, it's, once it's on film, it'll go anywhere. Oh, They're up, these people are uploading it to YouTube. These girls are, some people commit suicide, you know, because you're, you, you know, it's so, yeah. it's so bad. You know, it is so, so bad. And you have to leave school. It, you know, so, I've seen, I, there was a whole uh, documentary about it, uh, about this one girl. She ended up killing herself, you know? Yeah. And so that is where you have to say there is a responsibility in the adult film industry, yeah, right? Definitely. In the adult film industry. Some of the adult film industry contains... Mm -hmm people who are not adults, who are not legal adults. And so, it, you know, and it's not as regulated as it could be. And then now anybody can make a porn. You can make a porn yourself in your house, you know? And so, and you could upload it to whatever the the, 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 the sites are that will pay you $10 or whatever, you know? that. So, so I think that the problem is a lack of responsibility, a lack of regulation, um, and way too much um, la a lack of education to the young people out there on what what is safe, what's acceptable. Um, the young people, their brains aren't even developed enough to understand that what they're doing is harmful or what they're doing is um, can have really long-term consequences. So that that's where I I have a problem. Uh, with pornography, but do I have a problem with consenting adults filming themselves or 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 having a a, a, a OnlyFans or any any of that stuff? Absolutely not. If you're an adult, you're an adult. There's nothing wrong with, um, in my opinion. There's if you're a sex worker, there's nothing wrong with any of that. It's the violence, the exploitation, the um, the 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 long term negative effects that it can have. It's those things that I have a problem with. Amen. Amen. And I, I love, I love this conversation. Like this is actually so much better than I envisioned, right? When Kat and I thought of this topic and what I love most about it is how we, we keep referencing children, right? Like it's bad for children. It's okay for adults, but it's bad for children. And I wonder myself being a believer, right? I wonder if we see God, right? And we see ourselves through the eyes of God because we are children in the eyes of God. And I love what you mm -hmm. just said, Ruby, about, you know, we have to consider the long-term effects that this has on children. And I'm wondering, mm -hmm. do we see ourselves in that way, right? Because our bodies are temporary. And when right. we do things, and it, it's freaking crazy. Like, this is coming from a guy that I used to watch porn every day. Like, this was just, it was just the method, right? Like I came home, I would watch porn. I wouldn't even always masturbate. I would just watch porn, right? It was like mm -hmm. watching a movie until I realized the impact that it was having on my relationships, until I realized the impact that it was having on the way that I viewed the women in relationship. And it wasn't in a good way. 
-hmm. It wasn't in a pure. What made you realize that? How did you how did you figure out that this was having a negative yeah, effect on your and then make That's that change? Yeah. Because because yeah. if you had gotten to that, it, it may have just there's a big difference between a habit and a an addiction. You yeah. know, so you might have been in the throes of a habit and um, but porn addiction is like where you're like, this is devastating. It can devastate your your life. And so I'm curious, Quezzy, where did that where did you finally what what was the light bulb moment? When I tried to put it down and I couldn't, mm -hmm. when I tried mm -hmm. to stop thinking about it and I couldn't. Right. When I Pervasive thoughts. I was, yeah. And I, I just, I just taprooted it. I traced mm -hmm. it back to the soil. And of course, porn isn't, porn, porn is a tool, right? I believe porn is a tool of the devil because the mm -hmm. devil, his job is to undo everything that God has made pure, including mm -hmm. sex, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I don't see God, and I, I don't mean to make this a religious conversation because I don't believe in religion, right? Mm -hmm. But I do believe there's a higher power. I believe there's right. a source energy, right? Mm -hmm. And when I see myself yeah. doing things that <laughs> are pleasing my body, but not purifying my soul, mm -hmm. right? It's like I'm submitting to a lower vibration, right? Mm -hmm. So for example, I know you asked what specifically led me to this understanding. It was part of me becoming more self-aware. Right. As I went on my journey of self-awareness of so becoming vegan. Right. When I stopped philandering in the streets. Right. When I decided to change my name, when I traveled to Ghana, right, got in touch with the true source energy, at least here on Earth. Right. Like all of these things were part of my journey. And I'm not talking to anybody on a high horse. Like I'm still struggling, like still. And it's hard not to when I watch my favorite TV shows and there's a sex scene and it's like, these feelings are being invoked inside of me that I didn't ask for. Like I didn't turn on this show to be lustful, right? I didn't turn on this show to start thinking about sex, especially sex with a woman who's not my wife, right? That's not why I turned on this show. So why is this here in front of me, right? If I had children, I would not want them to be seeing that. So why am I seeing it? That, that's the definition of hypocrisy in my eyes, right? Mm -hmm. But again, not high and mighty. I still watch what? the shows because mm -hmm. they're good shows. <laughs> but it's mm -hmm. like one of my favorite shows have sex in them. Another woman. But that being said, I'll, and Kat, but the, I would world, love to the world is full of other women. You know, we can't we can't avoid be, being in in wait, contact wait, with people of the opposite sex. Tell, tell that to my wife. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> she, I mean, she watches. She watches. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. That's I mean, that's just one that we we have to be able to regulate regulate our behavior. You know, um, but when we become the thought police, that's a whole different thing, you know, because att healthy attractions and, you know, things like that, that's not necessarily unhealthy. I mean, and I, I'm just saying this, I've, I've been with my husband for 26 years. Okay. Wow. I've been yeah. with my husband for a very, very long time. So, um, so the idea of looking at an image or even looking at another person and not being like, damn, you know, that person is really hot or whatever. That's just never going to be me. If I see a hot person, that person's really hot. I, you know, like, because does that, that doesn't take away from my love of my husband or my faithfulness or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's love and lust. Absolutely. And I think some people get 
those two things confused. Like, okay, so some people somebody. do. So what is lust? Let's let's just this. What is lust? Define and lust. And is it bad? And is it right, bad? Well, that was yes. part two, but I want to know mm-hmm. what lust is because <laughs> this is this is the reason why this is this is what I'm sitting here kind of cringing about mm-hmm. is the fact that going back to you know that whole idea of what sex really is because. Is 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 we 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 are taught that that feeling is something when we see something and we get this feeling it's bad. That's part of the conditioning that we can equate that to porn. We, we whether it's coming from this space, oh, this is not the way. This is not the right way to to do sex. Or we're looking at other people who are teaching us home, church, schools. This is not the right way to you know do sex. It's still a condition that we have in our head. Mm-hmm. Now mm-hmm. we're walking around and we see something and we get the feeling, but I would tell you, you are not wrong for having that feeling if you, mm-hmm. if, the, if the understanding it's of what your feeling. body, right? If you see, if you're hungry and you see a burger and your stomach goes growl, you're not like, oh my gosh, my stomach just growled. I saw a hamburger. You know, you're yeah. not going to say that. I'm right? already 10 pounds overweight. I shouldn't want that hamburger. Right. And so, but the beauty, the beauty of these conversations, I believe, and, and as we all, in our all various different degrees of awareness, right? Because we are all at different levels. Like I am just becoming like aware of things now. Like I wish I knew this 20 years ago, but it's, it's, it's the freedom and it's the beauty, it's the love that exists around sexuality and removing all the shame, despite where it's coming from, removing around it. it, right? Mm, mm, removing mm. it so that, so that I, as you know, if you know, I'm not married, but if I was married and my husband, and I, you know, if I happen to see him look at another woman, I'm not going to go to a lower vibration of jealousy because I get it. I'm like, oh yeah, and, and, and I might be like, oh yeah, she is cute. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's the energy and flow of beauty. We're not, it's not connected to, oh, you look at her and I mean, I'm going to lose and I'm going to be abandoned and I'm going, no, no, right. another, no. Another woman's fineness does not diminish mine. Exactly. Another because, woman, there's a millions of hot women in this world and I love right. every single one of them because I, I love beautiful women. Y'all know I'm in the beauty industry too. I'm a makeup artist, all this other stuff. Sometimes I see women and I'm like, oh my God, you know, and how am I supposed to think my husband's not going to do the same thing? I don't care. What do I care? I don't care. What do I, care? I don't care at all, <laughs> you know, but of course I've been married since dinosaurs roamed the earth. So, well, that, you know. that also goes into to confidence, <laughs> people of confidence that has somebody has within themselves, mm-hmm. you know? You have a very confident relationship with you and your husband where mm-hmm. some people can be lacking that confidence. But I also don't believe in shame. I do, like like mm-hmm. Sarah just said about shame. There, ha- you know, shaming ourselves, and we do this. I know that we've done have have a history of this in the black community because you know the Christian community, all this other stuff. There's so much shame around um, desire. There's so much shame around desire. There's so much shame around pleasure. Definitely a lot of shame around pleasure for women. Um, and it, it, it's just my opinion that it's nonsense. Um, and, and, uh, there's gotta be a way to understand that even if you are somebody who, um, loves the Lord, believes in God, that God loves you, you know, 
even if you look at somebody else and say, damn, that person's fine. It's not like God's going to look at you like, I'm going to, you know, no, you know, um, I don't know. No, that's amazing. And again, I can't say it enough. This is a beautiful conversation. And I love what Dede said. Dede Mm. said we are sexual beings. Mm -hmm. It's about self-control, right? Being married doesn't mean we'll never be attracted to anyone else. Thank you, Dede. So true. That is true when the sky is blue. Yeah. If that was true, I would be long divorced, y'all. If that was true, I'd be. Stop it. Stop it. (laughs) Stop it. Stop it. (laughs) No, no, no. That's that's a good point. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like it's important to make the distinction between attraction and between acting on that attraction. Right. Right. Because it also says in the Bible that the man who thinks of sin is no different than the sinner themselves. Mm -hmm. Right. Because we create our reality through our minds. So I know we we talk a lot about the Bible and we talk about how it's like outdated and all these books are missing and it's old and it was one religion. Right. All these things. But I believe that if there is a source of how we are supposed to live our lives or at least close to it, I believe it's in the Bible. Right. Mm -hmm. I truly believe that because when we look around us at the world that we live in, I don't see a lot of examples about how we're supposed to live in righteousness. Right. Mm -hmm. I see a lot of ways to live in wickedness. Mm-hmm. I really do, right? So I it's hard for me to follow those examples. But there, there are more ways, though, to live more. in righteousness. Oh, I, I believe. Right. So, right. So, and, so, and, and what, what, what I'm loving so much about what you're saying is the fact that that the evolution of awareness is always ongoing. There's no, there's no. We all are on the different starting points and stop. Well, it doesn't really stop, mm-hmm. but we're all on this, this evolution of awareness because at one point I thought that this was all the information and I've become exposed to so much more information as it relates to sexuality that I was just like, wow. Why? And that, that, that speaks to just like, so, and again, it speaks to just like understanding the body. Right, understanding the physical aspects of the body, how it works, how, and it's just as normal as breathing, and you know, and there's literature about that, and that is what I am associating more so me personally with my truth in regards to um, what is sex and what is not, and control, right? Because control, all the things that we're talking about is relates to everything. We have to control ourselves when we speak. We have to control ourselves mm-hmm. when we, you know, do anything, right? So yes, when it comes to sexuality, there's an element of control, but it doesn't have to be controlled because I'm, I'm scared that I'm going to go to hell or I'm, I'm scared that I'm going to have this problem. No, not out of fear. It's control because of, out of really the love that I have for myself, right? I'm not going to eat all of that because of the love I have for myself. So it's not because someone told me not to do it and the fear and shame comes. It's because no. So it's more of a balance within yourself. Right. Is if right. you're doing everything within a balance and moderation, then it's it's okay. You know, once it okay. once it stops me from like I gotta, you know, go to my site and yeah. I'm not going to work or I'm not spending time with my kids or my family and stuff like that. That's when it's an issue. But if I have 10 minutes and this is how I want to spend my 10 minutes of my own personal time, it's my personal time. Right. Wow. And I, man, I freaking love this conversation. It's given me so much insight into just like how we believe as a collective. Right. Mm -hmm. And I love the fact there are so many different opinions about this one subject. Right. This is very provocative. I like that. I like that. But I want to, I want to circle back to the question that was asked of me. And then I'd like to show one more video, 
right? And that, that's all I have for today. But I want to be more specific in terms of answering how I came to this conclusion. Because keep in mind, I'm somebody who was like, I was immersed into pornography, right? Like I have my favorite sites. I have my routine, right? I have my favorite lotion. And it's like just all these things. And it, it was like normal to me, right? This is something that I did all the time. And when I circle back to how I was introduced to sex, how I was introduced to pornography, there are how I was introduced to sex through pornography, right? It was a very like traumatic experience, like to be completely honest, right? And for me to be acting out of that, right? Not being fully aware of the trauma that it was rooted in, right? And this is something, when I say as recent as like a week or two ago, that I really came to terms with the trauma that led to me acting out those yeah. visions and me acting out of a lustful feeling, right? That wasn't directed towards my wife. That's when it became an issue, right? Yeah. And to answer the question more specifically, I believe that our bodies are temporary and our souls are eternal, right? So when I shifted gears in my mind of instead of pleasing the body, pleasing the soul, right? Instead of enriching the body, enriching the soul. And I became spiritually aware, right? And I started to elevate my conscious and my subconscious outside of my body. That's when I started to ask myself different questions and I started to move different. And I started to see like maybe this feeling that I have, I shouldn't ignore it. Maybe I should investigate this feeling, right? Not push it to the side and say, I'm going, and that, that's it. Like, that's my story. That's my story. So I'm not saying porn is good or bad. I'm not the authority on that, right? I sin in other ways. I believe that all sin is sin, period. And to sin, I, I, wanna, I wanna be clear, right? Because to sin is not to go to hell. Right, <laughs> put yourself closer to hell. Right, I, I want to be really, really clear on that. To uh -huh. sin is just to miss the mark. It actually comes from a, a Greek word, right? And they use this in like archery, right? And a sin was when you missed, like you shot the arrow when you missed, right? So the way that it's translated in the Bible, the way that's been preached to us, isn't completely correct uh -huh. because to sin just means that you missed the mark. Uh -huh. So what is the mark? With uh -huh. that being said, there's a video that I would like to share. But feedback, y'all. Feedback. It's one video. It's like two minutes long. But I'd love to get some feedback before we wrap up. Are we going to the video right now? Oh, no, no. We don't have to. We oh, don't oh have okay. To. Oh, I was just wondering. I thought that was a cue for the video. Oh, okay. I, I thought that was a cue for the video, too. I was like, okay, yeah, I'm waiting on the video. video coming up. <laughs> no, no, I, I was about to, I can show the video, and then we can wrap up the conversation after that. Yeah, show the video. Yeah. This is just another clip from the same, and I like, don't look so much at the sermon, right? Just try and receive the message. Cause I used to be somebody who was heavily traumatized by church and I didn't realize what I was blocking myself off from because of who it was coming from, right? And not necessarily acknowledging the message that was being given to me. So I encourage you all, it's just like two minutes long. Just hear the message, right? And I'm gonna share this with you. <laughs> Bria, you're hella funny. All right. So I'm going to pull this up super fast. Uh-oh. Oh, there we go. All right, check this out. All right. So I'm assuming everybody can see this. And leaves you to your own devices. Can you turn the sound up on your side? 
wolves. The ancient Eskimo to catch a wolf would take fresh blood and put it on a post and it would put the blood on it and then it would put water on it and freeze it. And then it would put another layer on the sharp post and then it would put um, 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 water on it and freeze it. And they would do this thing over and over again. And on the last thing, they would put a fresh coat of blood and then they would stick it in the ground. And what they would do is they would go back and in, 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 in wait because what happens is the wolf had a keen sense of smell and it would smell the fresh blood on the post and it would go over. And when nobody was looking, it would lick it. And it would keep licking it until unbeknownst to the wolf, he had already cut himself and he's licking his own blood. And his lust for what he was doing would end up killing him. The Eskimo would come back in the morning and next to the post would be a dead wolf that was killed by its own lust. Ah! And that is the picture of so many of our lives that are robbing us from our relationship goals. We go with what we feel. We lick this thing until it cuts us and we don't even know we're killing our own self. The Bible says that sexual immorality is the only sin that we commit that is not against anybody else. It's against ourselves. I'm preaching in here. You think it's something that only you can feel and it's not harming anybody. Yes, it is. It's harming the most important person, you. Let me give you a point. Pornography gradually lets you kill you. That's all it does. Well, I just want to see it one more time. Okay. That's Ooh. enough. That was, That's that enough. Right. That was deep. Yes, it was. Yeah. Cause. Yeah. But feed and. Okay. Go ahead, Kat. Go ahead. No, no, go. I, I was gonna feed off your no, energy. Go ahead. Yeah, cause it, uh, it's it's deep, right? And it's something that, like I said, I'm not speaking to y'all from a high horse, right? And I believe in the words of Jesus that to to sin starts in the mind, right? It doesn't start with the action. It starts in the mind. That's not to say we're never going to have sinful thoughts. We're never going to have. I believe that as long as our lust is directed with intention, there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. It's a natural human emotion. Right. But when our lust is misdirected and it's used to get just like the wolf. Just like the wolf, just doing what it was doing. And it thought it's completely normal, completely normal until it's cutting itself and drinking its own blood and it dies. Right. And I. I, speaking as myself, not as the platform that I represent, not Cat and Quessy, speaking as Quessy, I don't believe that pornography enriches the soul. I just don't. Mm -hmm. It feels good to the body. I'm sure licking that blood felt great to that mm -hmm. wolf's body. Mm -hmm. And then in the morning, it's dead. And I believe this is how God is looking at us, right? Like, yeah, you can do that, but are you aware of the consequences? That's it. If God didn't want us to do it, we wouldn't. God didn't give us wings, so we can't fly unless we're in a plane, right? Mm -hmm. But there's access. That doesn't mean that it should happen. Right, right. And it's not for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Pornography is not for everyone. <clears throat> um, and I definitely think, and I, I you know, uh, it's, there's a lot of, it, you know, uh, again, 
for me, if, it, if there's an addiction involved, if there's an unable to live your life with purpose involved, if there's an unable to, an inability to, um, to stop, right? There's an inability to stop. If there's an inability, if, if you have found yourself miserable, because it's a, if, if you have planned, these are all, you know, uh, things that are from my education in, in, in addiction. You know, I used to work at a rehab, drug rehab years ago too. It's, it's the same. Does it get in the way of your life, of you living your life? Is your mind preoccupied by it all the time? Is it stopping you from having regular relationships or, or the kind of relationships you actually want to have, right? right? Because it's nobody's business what kind of relationship you're having. Yeah, that's your business. Um, but if you're not having the kind of relationships that you want to have, if you're feeling like this isn't what I, how I want to live, you know, then, then that's where it's an issue, you know? Right, um, yeah. Yeah. I it, think that's, that's, that's addiction. Right. Right. And yeah. I, and I just, I mean, and that, and the, what you just shared though, um, Kenya to me is, is that's where, that's where it becomes, that's, that's the problem. So yes. it, it, it's all those behaviors that is rooted, I guess, in the porn, that that is the problem. That's when you're doing sin against yourself, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that, but the porn, right, is pretty much, you know, or even kind of having like a moment, like a 10 minute moment of lusting, you know, to want to see it by choice, you mm -hmm. know, in a healthy way. I think that's okay. I think, but I think, I think if I relating what, how I saw this clip, of, of what the pastor was sharing in regards to it doing condemnation to yourself. The condemnation is pretty much all the things that Kenya just mentioned. That's, mm -hmm. that's the harm to the soul, mm -hmm. right? That's, that's the problem. And yes, because you're, you're doing it over and over and over again. But porn, you know, porn in isolation, right, mm -hmm. is, is one thing I see it as. And the behavior that we develop around it, which could be anything, it could be porn, it could be food, it could be whatever. It's the behaviors that is causing the condemnation to the body, to the soul, to the being. Mm -hmm. So I just, I just, I, 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 I get it. I just want you know us to see porn as the thing that could be anything that we create a behavior around, mm -hmm. and the behavior is what is causing harm to our temple, to our soul, to our, our body. Because mm. we are denying ourselves of something, whether it's food, porn, whatever. And also, uh, it can affect your brain. It can literally affect your brain. It can affect your brain chemistry. It can affect the way you respond to stimuli, right? So porn is what they call a super stimulus, right? So your, your mm. brain, if you take an a, 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 a MRI of somebody who doesn't watch porn and an MRI of somebody who does watch porn and expose those to porn, what you have is two different brain visuals, okay? Mm -hmm. So over time, it literally will affect your brain and how you respond to that stimuli. So then the addiction piece comes in where you need more graphic content in order to get the same high. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. More just like with with drugs, you need more this for that, you know. And so that is um, something that we have to be aware of when we're talking about um, uh, about uh, exposure to porn. Now, 
you know, that's, there's just so much of all, I, I do want to look at what Kenda said is, is there an inability to address the trauma that the addiction mm-hmm. is masking? Exactly. Yes. 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 Kenda, yes. Sister. yes. Because so <laughs> Ken, Ken, Kenda is me and Sarah's, uh, uh, sister circle sister. Um, but yeah. And so, um, as somebody who's worked with trauma, with, with people with trauma for years and years that those behaviors are, will, will often be put into place by your psyche. You don't even know what's going on. Those behaviors will be put into place and stay in place due to your own unaccessed trauma, right? Your own unaddressed trauma. And so if you have not been in a position, like you were saying, Quezzy, right? You have this situation where you had not yet addressed or, um, or assessed the trauma behind, um, you know, under underlying that. And so that's really, really, really important to, um, to not be afraid to look at that, because that's very fearful. It's very terrifying to look at the source of our own traumas. That's why so many of us don't do it. Absolutely. And just in closing, so we've gone way over our hour mark. <laughs> an amazing conversation. Yeah. <laughs> an amazing conversation. Uh, yes. And I, so I would love to do a round table of just closing thoughts. Right, a round table of closing thoughts. Everybody, I know Kat agrees. Y'all have been amazing guest speakers <laughs> and provided so much value. I had no idea that y'all would bring these opinions to the table. And that's what I love about this live stream. And while we have everybody on right now, if you got value out of this conversation and you feel like we need to have more of these conversations and uh, as a community, please hit that share button and that like button, because the only way we create more uh, conversations like this is uh, by expose not exposing ourselves, but by being um, vulnerable vulnerable to talk about these things yeah. you know it is going on in our community we are being affected by it how do we heal from it or how do we yeah. move forward right yeah. so yes. starting these conversations is a huge thing so make sure while you're still on hit that share button hit that like button and we'll do the closing thoughts real quick amen amen and i i would love to start first and foremost i want to say i, I love my wife mecca Mecca Wilkerson, who is uh, commenting very, very active in the chat. I love my wife dearly because I'm sure it's not easy seeing your husband have these conversations. Uh, but when I saw that sermon, right, and when I saw Pastor Ty, I encourage you all to watch the full sermon because he talks about his own journey, right, overcoming his own porn addiction. He's a pastor of a church with hundreds of thousands of members, and he has the courage to stand on stage and say, hey, I overcame a porn addiction that I'm still struggling with. Right. I know a lot of us heard about Kirk Franklin and him being on the Oprah show talking about his porn addiction. So these are people who are like the upper echelon of the holy sanctified community struggling with something that we don't talk about on a daily basis among ourselves. Right. So I saw that to say I love my wife dearly. And also women are a gift. Right. I truly believe that. And the reason that I chose to just elevate myself, right? But by my own definition, but the reason I chose to elevate myself is because I saw that just like Ruby mentioned, pornography wasn't making me love women more, right? It wasn't making me appreciate the gift that women are. And that was something that I had to investigate. I had to delve into within myself. And I encourage you, if you're watching this, just take time to find out like what, what could this be rooted in? 
Because something else you talk about in the sermon is that addiction is rooted in fear, right? And in essence, we have two options, love or fear. Those are the only options that we have as human beings, to love or to fear. And if addiction is rooted in fear, then you're not choosing love. And what direction Woo! is your spirit headed in? Like, well, amen. amen. Oh, well, well. <laughs> mm -hmm. Thank wow. you. That was beautiful. Thank you. Please. Oh, that was gorgeous. And I'll just quickly piggyback on off of that. Um, thank you all for this conversation and inviting us on. I think this definitely is something that we need to do more of. And I totally appreciate you all's courage to um, to bring this on like this and to share your own personal stories around porn and sexualities. And I think that you know, Quasi, you just spoke to the issue at hand, you know, all the trauma that we as people have gone through. If we just look at sexuality as black people in America, we didn't start off on a good foot, right? It's, it was just a lot of abuse with rapes and all that that was going on in our past. And I think that when we talk about healing and getting, how, how do we even find how to get pleasure from sexual, you know, um, sexuality when it's been something in our DNA that's been so dark and so dreary and, and so, mm. so I, I feel as if that we, part of this conversation around sexuality and, and porn and all that good stuff is based on the concept of understanding our wounds, our traumas, and how can we kind of make, you know, identify, have the courage to look at our fears and find more ways to kind of, you know, use love as, as what we use to heal and, and be open and to, and I find myself rambling right now, but just, just the idea of identifying our fears and be open and willing to express and be in a space of love, love for ourselves, love for our temples, love for each other, and how we can begin having those conversations is so important in our community. So I'm just excited. This is great. <laughs> you got for us, uh, Ms. Kenyon. Um, yes, let me let me just. Um, I just want to kind of piggyback off of what Sarah just said. This was a very very important conversation to have. Very important. We need to have more of these conversations um, where we are. Um, where we're lifting up healing and we're trying to eliminate shame around our feelings, around our experiences, around our traumas, um, around our, uh, just our desires. And so um, that's, you know, one of the things that I like to do and I've always liked to do, and I know Sarah, Sarah does too, in our work with young people yes. is trying to um, minimize that shame and elevate our love for ourselves, elevate our love for our bodies, and um, and and really understand too that there's a way to stay safe, and and the, a lot of the times the reason people fall into or find themselves in pornography, watching pornography, being um, in actual porns is based on pain, shame, and trauma, and those are the things that need to be addressed. Yes. Yeah, that was beautiful. Yeah, the, the space we create with uh, not only this podcast, but just Heal the Hood in, in general, or just, it's just a space of going within ourselves, right? And seeing what the root of certain issues are, whether it's childhood traumas or oh. um, just things that we haven't dealt with yet, you know? And once we can get to the root of a lot of these things, the conversations that we, we aren't having and we need to, 
this will uh, this will free up a lot of energy, a balled up energy to be able to move forward in our journey. I think a lot of times we we continue to do things repetitively in our life cycle until we learn those lessons. And if we feel that we're getting caught up in using uh, pornography as a crutch and not being able to be productive in society or within our own lives, that's when we have to really identify it as an issue, you know? So I thank y'all for sharing this space with everybody. Um, I'm thankful for all the, the amazing stories, all the different points of views and all our amazing viewers that were able yes. to comment thank and express you. Yes. It was beautiful. Join us this evening. Now, ladies, I know you have a lot of amazing things going on. Uh, let our viewers know what you personally have going on with your workshops um, moving forward, because I know you have a, a workshop coming up soon. And also where they can find you on social media or websites, books, um, however you want them to get in contact with you as well. Well, um, so I'm, you can find me on Instagram at Ruby Envy. Um, also, my book is Sacred Girl Spiritual Life Skills for Conscious Young Women, <laughs> right, right behind me, product placement. Um, and uh, you can find out more about my book on Sacred Girl Book Instagram and um, more about my work with women. Um, my new Instagram page is Black Yoni Magic. And me and Sarah and Kenda, who jumped in today, um, are creating a Sacred Sister Circle workshops for young women around um, yoni love, body love, sacred sexuality, empowerment. And we are so, so, so excited to do work with young women and um, to expand that in our communities. We are so, so excited about that. And so I'm so juiced to be able to share that with Sarah, who, as you have seen today, is completely amazing. And so um, I'm just really excited that I get to do this work with her. Oh, Outstanding. Yes. Um, yeah, thank you for that, Kenya. Um, so who am I? I am Dr. Sarah B and I am um, basically you can find me. I just created this lovely website at www.iamdrsarahb.com and it's about to be on Instagram because I am creating this whole shit. When we talk about like, I tell you that currently I am making a major transition from the way that we used to do things to the way that I'm wanting to do things. And that is creating an understanding of the purpose of my purpose of really spreading and teaching and using all of my skills um, to teach and to heal around sexuality, around wound wellness, around this work in our community. So um, I'm rebranding. My old self was teacher development, teacher by profession, all that good stuff, all the skills. But I'm really am excited about gaining, you know, partnering with Kenya and Kenda and having these workshops to really teach, train, support, love our girls, love our boys to heal all the things that we were talking about today. And so um, you can probably we are still in the formation process. We were so excited about this opportunity to talk about this. Um, so definitely follow me and or um, Kenya. My information, again, is you can find me soon 
on Instagram at I am Dr. Sarah B, but definitely my West, my website is up. You can find me. I am Dr. Sarah B there, you know, sign on, do whatever you need to do. Stay in touch with us because we're about to blow stuff up in this category. We are about to make some changes and we see that it's needed and we're ready to do the work. Yeah, yes, we are. <laughs> nice. Where did you find you at Quizzy? Oh man, you already know. You can find me at Quessy.dreams on Instagram. You can find me at Quessy on Facebook. You can find me at Alignment Agency where wealth and wellness unite. All you got to do is open your eyes. Quessy is right there, I promise. But where can they there find you, Cat? Yeah. So make sure that you follow us on uh, Facebook at Heal the Hood 2020 and also on our Instagram page at Heal the Hood uh, Podcast. You can also re-listen to this audio on Spotify or any of your uh, podcasting networks. So go ahead and follow uh, Heal the Hood Podcast on Spotify or any of those other networks that we have. But if you want to follow me personally, follow your man on IG Cat Fitness 3 on IG Cat Fitness on Facebook, Cat Fitness on YouTube, and the website is www.catfitnesswellnesscenter.com. Thank you all once again for tuning in. Make sure you tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Conversations are going to get deeper. We're going to have more great guest speakers like we did today, y'all. Y'all lit it up for our viewers out there. I'm super excited about uh, next week's episode, so make sure you tune again. And if you're currently watching this, don't forget to like, share, and comment, okay? And we'll see you next time. All right. Peace out, y'all. Thank you. Thank you. Peace and love. Yes. Peace.